0: Welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So this week, we are going to be venturing into the world of Metrovanias. This is a very, very popular style amongst gamings. And if you've never heard of it, well, I, I don't know what you're playing, man. Like, <laughs> what, what list are you looking at? They're everywhere. Uh, since the dawn of gaming, it feels like MetroVanias have been around. Of course, they were not always called that, right? Obviously, the name is a, concom- or a mashup of Metroid and Castlevania. For those of you who did not know that, I, I think it's kind of obvious, but, you know. Just wanted to do our due diligence and kind of throw some, a little bit of education at people before we dive into just some games that we really enjoyed in that that genre itself. Uh, but, you know, Metrovanias are pretty interesting, and I think it's a very niche kind of group of people that really, really enjoy them. Uh, they're always fun to play, but for those who really dive in and just kind of get absorbed into these titles, they can feel a little daunting, right? There's a lot of backtracking, which is synonymous of Metro but maybe the definition itself isn't super clear on what it is. So I figured maybe we can spend a little bit of time in the beginning trying to sum up what a Metrovania is to us, and maybe kind of exactly what does it what does it mean to be a Metrovania. So in your world, in your own words, there what what do you what would you classify as? a metrovania how would you like fully describe it is it just backtracking is it just collection of like abilities what 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 do you think
1: um i feel like it always has to have platforming like i feel like a lot of people will throw a metroidvania term at a game and especially for 3d ones they'll be like oh it's a metroidvania but it's like there's not A lot of platforming, right? Like, it's for me, like, platforming is a big thing. I would say that's probably 50% of the term. And then the other half, it's like basically revisiting areas you've been to with powers that you unlock in the game. And I know that a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, adventure games do that too, where say you get a new gun that you can break down a wall and now you can see it. But the thing about like Metroidvanias is that it goes like everywhere, right? And you can almost always, you never have a part of the map shut off, especially in really traditional games in that genre. Like the map is always open for you to explore. Uh, For that reason, because now you have some new power and also secret rooms. Like, there's, I feel like those two are really the bread and butter. And if it's missing one of those features, it's very hard for me to say, like, oh, this fits into that versus just being a either platformer or, you know, action adventure game. Hmm. what about you well
0: i i have to agree 100 percent, right if, if it if a metrovania if a game does not have platforming i feel like it's really hard to call it a metrovania I, I i feel like that those two really go hand in hand and i'm trying to think of like what were metrovanias called before that term was coined was it just a platforming adventure game
1: is that like kind of how they were classified I think so. I mean, kind of like Mario, right? Mm-hmm. Side scrolling platformer. Okay. Yeah. I, I always
0: think of them as giant map. I can go around everywhere, kind of like Dark Souls, right? Where you can just kind of travel wherever you want to. You might not be at the right level or, or whatever it is, or maybe you don't have the right thing to fully traverse the area, but you can still like dip your toe in certain spots. Uh, I always find that as a way to uh, classify a Metrovania. And then, For me, it's the abilities and usually the abilities are pretty much the same. Uh, When it goes to, you always get some sort of traversal ability, whether it's like a dash or a double jump or something like that, a grappling hook, right? Like there's always something like that to reach higher areas Uh, and then just bigger, better weapons always help, but your weapons also become keys in a sense. Uh, similar to Metroid itself, right? Like you know, there's certain doors that are missile doors, so you have to hit it with a missile versus a blaster door, or maybe there's different types of blasters that you need to get through different types of doors, right? Like I I always see that the the weapon upgrades are not just weapons. So Metroidvania's I feel are very what's the word? I guess resourceful in the in the abilities that they give the players because they almost want the player to freely explore and not hold their hand at all. I, I feel like that's another big thing with Metrovania is, is that there is not much hand-holding in these games. You just get thrown in, and you're supposed to kind of just play with the tools that are provided with you because you never know exactly what you can do with them. right? Like, in For instance, with Hollow Knight, you have the ability to swing downward which is great for enemies, especially if you're jumping from one platform to the other, you can get an extra hit in things like that, right? But what it also does is it bounces you back up and we now have a term called pogoing in Hollow Knight where you pogo off of enemies and they actually added that in as ways to traverse certain areas early on. Now in Hollow Knight, you could go really far into the game and get an item to go through, like let's say the acid water. But early in the game, you don't have that and you don't know where that is. You don't even know that thing exists if you aren't looking at walkthroughs or reading up on it and all that kind of stuff. So they gave you enemies that are indestructible that are moving back and forth, but you can then pogo off of them to then get to the, the next location if you wanted to go that route with it, right? So I think the big thing is big map, open map, uh platforming for sure, and then abilities that do a lot more than what they say they do, but you learn it from exploration and just trying out new things. I I would say that kind of like sums up an, a Metrovania to me.
1: You brought up a good point with um a lot of These games really have the same kind of abilities. The screen mask, And... It's cool because... Even though they're the same kind of genre... Metroid and Castlevania do feel kind of different. Mm -hmm. In a lot of different ways. I don't know about you... But between the two... I was more always of a Castlevania person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I barely... have played any Metroid games. I remember playing super metroid as a kid never got super far um uh, still playing my way through the primary master i uh, haven't gone around to finish it because i've been distracted by too many other small games that have come out but uh other than that like i look at castlevania and i'm like oh well, i've beaten you know simply the night I've, I've played a bunch of the game boy advance and the ds ones and i've played the n64 version like Castlevania has always been my kind of, like, favorite. And, I mean, I guess really the difference is that I feel like there's more abilities Mm. that feel different. Whereas I feel like with Metroid, it always just kind of felt like this missile is now a plasma bomb. Like, unless unless Metroid games are different in a lot of ways. But from what I've always played and kind of seen, I'm like... There's not a whole lot of like difference, and with Castlevania, I like that it, the secrets, everything just kind of feels like I don't know. You're finding stuff, and when I look at a lot of uh, Metroidvanias, I always can tell when I when they really take more inspiration from Castlevania mm. to an extent just the way either they play or the weapon selection. And it's interesting because, I mean, I feel like both games are very similar, but if you really, like, pick it apart, I feel like there's some really, like, unique differences between them.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's definitely more... I feel there's more story beats in Castlevania games Mm -hmm. uh, than there are in Metroid. Metroid is kind of the (laughs) same-same. (laughs) <laughs> I you know I I kind of feel bad saying that because there is a story to Metroid, but yeah. it, it you kind of have to like look for it right. Whereas with Castlevania, it almost feels like the story is baked in already, right? I mean, it's Dracula, it's Alucard, right? Like there's there's so many things that we are already so familiar with with back lore and all that good stuff that it kind of fills in those blanks a little bit better. Now, Mm -hmm. like me being in, I I think I've admitted this before in other podcasts, but the platforming is not my forte. I'm starting to get back into it now and push myself through them and all that. And I'm enjoying my experiencing with them. But the Castlevania games, I've played a little bit, but not a lot to really dive into them and uh, be super versed in the Castlevania world itself. I uh, maybe that'll be the next ones I kind of like try out cuz they're just so iconic and I feel like I need to play them to really get a good grasp on everything. But it they both I would say have I you you are 100% right that the Castlevania ones have a little bit more variety in the abilities and weapons that you have. It it does seem a little bit more interesting in that sense. Um but I, I don't know, like they everything always has that like core th- part of it right big map multiple abilities and backtracking i I think maybe the biggest thing about metrovanias in general is just backtracking that has to be like it almost feels like that without that you don't have a metrovania so maybe that is the ultimate definition of itself right it's a platforming game that has backtracking that's a metrovania right like i it'd be hard to say that there's any out there that don't have that. And if they don't, then it doesn't feel like you're actually doing anything different than just going on something that's like on rails or a regular platformer.
1: I will, I feel like a lot of newer games in the genre have been trying to do that where it's less about having to always go back where it'll just be maybe like one thing sprinkled here and there, which is, kind of nice, because sometimes backtracking a lot kind of sucks, but, um, it's interesting when you look at, like, when Metroidvania's kind of blew up. I was gonna say started, but I mean, we already know Castlevania and Metroid, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, like, the indie scene, right? And Before this game, I feel like, like you were saying, most other games, aside from those two franchises, just felt like a platformer or an action game. Mm -hmm. But Cave Story was kind of the game that brought that combination of the two games and I feel really created this... I don't, not revolution but um this revisit to this genre style and because it came out in 2004 which i was kind of surprised because i didn't know it was that old i thought it was like later like 2008 2010 mm-hmm. and i love this game uh, i think this was actually maybe one of the first indie games i ever played uh, Amazing game. I need to play it. It really does feel like a game captured in time. Like you feel like you're playing a game from the 80s or 90s. But the thing I loved about it is that it told a story and it did it really well, which I feel like it was able to tell a story better than what Metroid did or what Castlevania did in a lot of their games, right? Like, Cave Story had a lot of story beats that just kept kind of like adding to it and you would learn more and you're like, oh wow, this is like a really interesting world and you were like really curious what was going to happen and I remember when I played it, I was like, whoa, like, you know, indie games weren't really big around that time. Like they were just starting. So seeing something like this was just, already like fascinating mm-hmm. but i feel like it it took the combination of both of those old franchises breathe new life into it and basically like said hey like you can take that style of game put some new paint on it add some new mechanics make it more modern but keep a lot of the same mechanics as the older like legends basically um it's interesting because really when you look at like especially the indie t- indie scene this is a genre that you know for anybody that's into indie titles probably are sick of in a lot of ways because it's <laughs> like you know if you're not seeing 10 deck building games or 10 roguelikes you're seeing 10 metroidvanias being thrown at you right at least on steam and you know it's it's a fun genre i i love them i definitely get did get burned out by them for probably a few years just because they started feeling the same Mm -hmm. but when you look at how far they've come since cave story it's kind of fascinating. Uh I've been you know I I played through Ori and the Blind Forest which I thought was a very beautiful way of telling a story that to me seemed to focus less on the combat and was more about like quick platforming and abilities to open up new locations, right? So it was less of a combat heavy game versus the sequel which I felt had a bigger focus on that Mm -hmm. and then you know there's the inspiration in a lot of 3d games right where you know some would say dark souls is somewhat inspired by metroidvania in a way because you get something you go back to it and there's a lot of like progression that comes with backtracking and you know when it comes to 3d titles i definitely feel like it's harder to say, oh yeah, this has all the trappings of it. Like, it has to be. You know, like, Metroid Prime games, that's easy to say. But, Mm -hmm. when you look at other titles, a lot of people bring up, like, Batman Arkham Asylum, um, Jedi Fallen Order, which, to me, I feel like that's maybe the closest, in a sense, because there's a lot of platforming in that game. There's a lot of, like, abilities you get that really open up different areas of the map and i felt like was a very good evolution to the 3d side of the genre but yeah it's crazy there's so many good games that are in this genre especially like ones that have become really well known Mm -hmm. right like you have dead cells which is probably still one of my favorites when it comes to roguelikes, just because it meshes those two genres so damn well. And, ah, that game's so good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And I know you finished it recently, but I'm still playing through it very slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homonite's just been breathtaking in yeah. a way that I don't know why I didn't play it sooner because it's got everything I love, and I mean, yeah, it it is difficult at times, but it's not as difficult as I was like worried about. Surprisingly,
0: mm. yeah, Hollow Knight is. It's now going to have like a very special place in my heart forever. It's the first. I would say platforming game, first Metrovania game that I have beaten start to finish. And I don't know why I waited so long on this one. I, I, I kept purchasing it on almost every single platform because I knew I would love this title. But my mind just wasn't letting me really enjoy it because it was a platforming game, right? Platforming games are my kryptonite, basically. And it's but it's it's fantastic the the amount of exploration that's in it is great the ability to travel and the movement of everything is just super amazing uh, it just feels really really good and it's nice to see the amount of love that that game has gotten like because it really does deserve it right like it, it's such a fantastic title and the artwork in it is beautiful the it is very challenging at times right and but the The amount of just play that is in these titles is pretty amazing when it comes to uh, being able to traverse the map and uh, play around with different abilities and kind of figure out what new things you can come up with, especially with like the charm system. You can go really, really far with it, which is really fun, where you don't really know what kind of combos you're going to get. And actually, it does something that I think is great that a lot of games don't do, which I think is kind of frustrating, where there's a a couple of charms that will, like, extend the reach of your nail or your sword. Uh, And this game actually stacks that reach. It doesn't tell you how far it's actually extending it, uh, but if you actually, like, look into it and you can see it in the animation... You can stack all of those things that expand the reach of your nail and make it go pretty damn far. It's like a plus 40% if you get all of them on there. Oh, shit. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. So it, most games, right, Like they don't stack. This one does. And it, I do like that aspect a lot. It does make it really fun, <laughs> actually, right? So I, I don't know. There's, There's a lot to this, and there's a lot of different types of games in this genre. And, you know, the... Maybe Castlevania is not for you. Maybe it's a different kind of pace, right? Like, but there's so many out there that have that same spirit behind them that are just really enjoyable to play. And I really would recommend Hollow Knight to anybody at this point. No matter what kind of games you enjoy, Hollow Knight has something for everybody. I mean, if you're a Dark Souls fan, well, these bosses can get hard as fuck, right? (laughs) Like they can get really, really challenging at times. If you're a platforming guy, there there's stuff in there for you, too. And you like bring it up, the, the White Palace, which is a completely optional area in Hollow Knight, takes every single thing you know about movement, about being pixel perfect, about like perfect times to dashing and knowing how long your dash is and timing things like it's all right there in that one area. So if you're looking for like a wonderful like platforming challenge, there you go. it took me a long time to get through that part not gonna lie (laughs) but it is really really cool Uh, and it's totally worth it for the charms you get especially if you're looking for story because there's there's like little hints at story as you're going through with the characters you meet right and like their, their little like backgrounds and what they talk about but there's not much there and you could run through the whole game without getting any kind of story beats whatsoever and not paying attention to that and still have a wonderful experience but Me coming in as it from mainly playing um, story-driven games like RPGs and all that, having that available, it made it a much better experience for me. It it made it a lot more interesting and just something amazing to to go through. So yeah, definitely would recommend that game. And it's one of those that I had no idea how long I was playing it for or how well I was doing. I was just going through it and I ended up playing that game for 36 hours. And I, like I've said, I usually fall off of platformers very, very quickly because I can't do pixel perfect. But there was something about Hollow Knight that just kept bringing it back. And maybe it was like the perfect balance of the platforming itself to the interesting combat and just the the scenery and being able to go to different worlds and realms and see how like the Queen's Garden looks compared to, you know, the the soul sanctum right and like it there was enough that that is one thing i I will say about like some castlevania games is that the sceneries tend to kind of look the same after a while but hollow knight showed us that it doesn't have to it can be something a little bit different right and it, it can be pretty gorgeous to look at actually So that that is very cool, and one thing too I would say is like I we started thinking about it from a game design perspective of why are are these games like they seem to be quote unquote easy to make because a lot of indie developers like their first title seems to be like a Metroidvania for a lot of people, and when you think about it, right, like you're really just making one map. It's a giant map, but you're really just making one map, and then you just have to plan out the kind of traversal stuff and what abilities are they gonna have at one certain point or not. And so really from like a, a old school gameplay perspective, you're making one scene, one world that people have to go through. So I, I'm almost wondering if that's the ultimate draw where instead of making different levels, which can feel daunting because then now you need to figure out how to connect those levels. Like at least with like stuff like Super Mario Brothers, right? With each world that it has, you'll have five like desert worlds. You'll have like five underwater ones, right? Like those—that's the connecting factor between them. But with this, you just make one world. This is the one area that you have to get through, and then it's up to you as a designer to create interesting ways to traverse it using all of the different abilities, which could be kind of cool. So I, I don't know, like, I'm wondering if it's, if it's easier, it might not be because you have to then think about all the abilities, but th- there has to be something as to why this is such a, a common game with indie developers, right? Like, I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that makes it that this is one of the first that they always end up making.
1: I think because platformers seem to be easy to make but also because there's so many abilities and different things you can throw into it, right? Like, think about if you make a traditional adventure game, like, yeah, you could have some kind of biomes or some kind of differences, but you're probably going to hit more in resources and take more time to flesh out a world, whereas a Metroidvania... To an extent, it's just a pure platformer, which should be easy to make. You just change, you know, the graphics and everything for different regions of the world map. But being able to allow the developer to play around with abilities and enemies and all this kind of stuff, like, I feel like it gives a very high variety in what a developer can do. Mm -hmm. And maybe show off things in it that might inspire their next title. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, you know, it could be just them catching the hype train and hoping to make a a stash and put it into the game they really want to make. You know? It's kind of rare to see sequels to these kind of games nowadays.
0: Yeah. And I think one big major thing, too, to... I don't know about you, and actually, I think you're probably in the same boat, but every time someone says they want to make a game, what's the first thing they want to do? Make like a big, giant open world game with everything in it, right? Yeah. Well, you need to figure out how to pace that and connect things and make things work. Well, why not do it in 2D? And why not do a Castlevania-style game or, right, or Metrovania? Because it definitely needs to have a proper flow to it. So you still kind of... You're learning how to make a game... And how to produce it and go through all that that whole process while still making something kind of big and expansive and go on the exploration side of things. So I'm wondering if maybe that's like the trade off there, because so many people want to just do like make a kitchen sink game, right? Where it's freaking everything all, all at once and <laughs> they don't know how to pace it and, you know, calm down a little bit. So maybe these Metroidvania games are like the new way of doing that where we can kind of pace ourselves, but we can still throw a lot at you and we're learning a lot of cool things along the way. So may- maybe that's that's more the reason why.
1: But I, I think that could be it. Uh, Actually, something that's kind of coming to mind and I was going to maybe bring up some titles that kind of take that Metroidvania in. And- Do something different with it. Mm. Uh, But first I'll segue into this little section that one of my favorite uh, modern Metroidvania titles has really kind of evolved with every title in its franchise uh, by doing other things in that same world. But the SteamWorld Dig games, Mm. uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 especially was just, oh my god, I loved it you know it instead of giving you a you know you're in a castle or you're on a space station or you're just you know you're in same kind of map where you have to go through discover get your percentage of woohoo this game did it different you're mining you're going down and there's cave systems and stuff the further you go down and yeah there's story beats that are in between empty caverns where you kind of learn more about the world but there's something about these two games that I just loved like if a Steamroll Dig 3 came out today I would be playing that right now right this instant you know it's for some reason like those games are just so damn good to me like I, I love them uh, the mm-hmm. only thing I hate about it, they're short. I feel like for a Metroidvania, they're surprisingly pretty quick to beat. And mm-hmm. I think one thing I really do love about it too is there's a really good upgrade system. So while you don't really get a lot of abilities per se, there's a, a lot of good upgrades you can do. And I'm a sucker for upgrading my my stuff. I love seeing... Numbers go up. I love clicking a bunch of buttons on menus to make my equipment work and look better. Like, it, this game just has it all. And speaking of taking it elsewhere, now, the developer really obviously has done other games now with SteamWorld. So there's SteamWorld Heist, which is kind of a... not tactic it's a strategy game uh but it's like you know not like grid based it's more like uh oh you have kind of like a turn based not an rpg but it it, it's in a vein like that Mm -hmm. it's something totally different and they actually just dropped the demo uh last next fest called Steamworld build and This is a game I'm very interested in because I love city builders. And it takes a lot of inspiration from Dig in the sense that while you are building a town above ground, you are also digging underground for resources and other things. And the combat in that game is a tower defense game. So it's interesting seeing what started out as like metroidvania games they've really shown that they can make a lot of other titles Mm -hmm. uh experimenting trying different things and i love that i think it's cool seeing a studio be very versatile and seemingly doing it really well like i think heist got pretty decent reviews and people seem to really like this build demo so i'm kind of excited where it goes i'm hoping for a dig three uh eventually But, like, that that was really cool. Uh, If there's one Metroidvania that I think, to me, does something so damn different, but it's so good in the sense that it's not super dark, it's not super pretentious, it's very child-friendly, but at the same time, like, it's got very precise platforming and when you hear the premise of this game you're kind of like how does it work because Mm -hmm. it's not your typical game but uh yoku's island express i played this game for the first time god like before the pandemic i think 2019 and i love this game i swear by this game I, if anyone wants a very interesting, unique experience when it comes to these type of games, I always recommend this game because I love pinball and this is Metroidvania meets pinball. Mm. Basically, you're platforming everything, it feels like a giant pinball map, right? Like you have a town, you have your little hub that you go back to and While, yes, there's normal platforming, in order to get all around the map, you know, there's little holes and little ramps and little spins, like it's, this game is so damn good, and it does it so differently, you know, you get your abilities, there's not a whole lot, I mean, what can you do with a ball, right? Mm -hmm. You're basically like, uh, you're a postman uh, for this island, and you're carrying around this ball and it's adorable, and it's it's pretty short, it's pretty easy, unless you're going for, like, secret stuff, but to me, I feel like this game combined two genres that I never thought was possible, and any chance I get to talk about this game, I love it, I mean, hell, I even won, like, a BAFTA uh, for a debut game, which is kind of crazy, considering the premise of it, but yeah, this is this is always a game that I'm just like I love it. And it makes me want to see more easy. weird uh combinations. You know, I mean especially the pinball. You know, I know people have done more with that with like Rollers of the Realm and um some other titles, but I don't know, I think this game actually did a really good job at merging the two. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like pinball is kind of like a underused abil- er, style nowadays. But there are mm-hmm. some gro- er, some games out there that are really pushing it and making it interesting again. And showing us that, you know, that pinball physics that, I mean, who doesn't love pinball, right? Yeah. Whenever, like, whenever you play it, you're just kind of hooked in for a while. And you're like, damn, I could do better. Because there's always that element of, like, chance, it's it feels like like almost like gambling, but then there's strategy to it as well, right? Like it, it's very interesting because there is obviously a skill level to it. Like it, this game, like Yoku's Island Express, wouldn't exist if it wasn't some sort of strategy behind uh, pinball itself, where you can actually control where the ball is go- going if you're paying attention enough, right? So mm-hmm. it it is very interesting to see this used this way and it's it is very cool i mean it's a beautiful looking game and very what's the word innovative in the way that it uses the, the pinball physics or the mechanics themselves so this is really cool i i, I do like this one so th- this looks like a really just sweet like um kind of turn your brain off and just kind of enjoy the flashing lights and all that good stuff
1: <laughs> it's very yeah cool. yeah that that's basically what it is it's like it's it. It's not difficult enough where you can just kind of like, I'm going to roll my ball this way. And it it literally just becomes pinball. So if you find those, if you find pinball relaxing your set, if you get stressed out about your your balls dropping, then, <laughs> you know, it's not the game for you. But, yeah, yeah I'm like, there's so many good indie Metrovan that are crazy, you know, like especially uh just today I'll, I'll shut up after this, I'll get off my soapbox, but uh, the indie world was today for Nintendo, and I mean, there's a new Telsagrad, which I never played that game. I know a lot of people really enjoyed the first game. I felt like I don't know why I didn't really think it was a metroidvania I thought it was more like a platformer, but uh, people really liked it and then i think the big one for me that i noticed and this is a game that i was getting into but kind of got pulled away from it was blasphemous uh it's getting the sequel which is cool it's already but, getting a
0: sequel i feel like that game just came out or am i just like way behind
1: <laughs> uh it came out 2019 so i mean wow. for how amazing that pixel art looks for them to churn out a game that fast like yeah yeah i think that's a little crazy right but i mean that game like it it definitely feels like a souls game mixed with a metroidvania mm-hmm. and i really 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 like that game but yeah i don't know why i stopped playing it but it's difficult beautiful and you know this genre is not seeing a stop anytime soon i'm looking at the upcoming games in this genre on steam and i'm like damn and some of them look really damn good and different which is cool Mm -hmm. you know we're not getting the same old same old which is nice
0: yeah that is nice so there's a couple games that I've been checking out lately after my Hollow Knight experience. <laughs> I've definitely been wanting to play more platforming games, more Metrovania games in general, just because I feel like it's those are a style or genre that I've really missed out on. Right. And there's a mm. couple games that have really caught my eye. And one of them I started playing was Greek. Um, and it's mm. G R E A K or A K for people that have might've have seen it, the artwork is, is gorgeous as well. It's like very well drawn hand. It looks like hand drawn graphics. And it reminds me like, it kind of gives me that drawing vibe of hollow Knight, but brighter. Right. And it's, it even says that like, it, I'm almost like on the fence of calling it a full Metrovania. Cause it, it's more adventure platforming stylish, but I guess that's kind of the same thing, right? It's it, that That's the the hard part for me when it comes to Metrovania's is that there's a lot of different kind of styles of them out there, right? Uh, but with Greek, one of the interesting new mechanics behind it is that you actually control three characters at the same time, and each character has their own specific abilities, which I find very fascinating, because you can you have to be able to switch between everyone. Everyone has different traversal ab- abilities right like the greek the main character he has his double jumps and his basic sword and he's very much the the young uh up and coming knight hero type right which I, I find really interesting you're trying to save your sister but your sister is a magic user who has like float mechanics like princess peach right so you're able to traverse that way and there's certain areas that you have to float across instead of just double jumping cuz that just won't reach Uh, And then, of course, you have your knight, who is your main fighter, brawler kind of character, who's just like a badass, tough guy, right? And it's, I don't know, there's something to this game that is just really gorgeous to look at, and it's very fascinating to play through. And uh, one of the things that I'm actually really enjoying, and finding it more fun to just go through the same area that I've been to before, instead of just blindly going through the story and just following the road all the way down, right, is that there's uh, ways to unlock new abilities and new fighting styles in it, where you talk to like a swordsman and he says, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll teach you a new move, but first you have to go and kill you know five of this one type of enemy and then come back to me, right?" And there is fast travel in that game once you find the fast travel stones, which makes it a little bit easier, so you're not just completely backtracking the whole time, so it does speed that up a little bit, which is nice. Uh, but it is really cool because it, it just makes you want to find these or go back to the same area. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, there's like a whole bunch of these bats over here. I've already been through this spot, but let me just go do this real quick so I can try and get this new ability. And then once you get the new ability, you just want to go and try it and just play with it and see what other things come of it. Like what, range does it have what kind of like does it give me any more distance can i use this some other new way and i'm almost wondering if that that mindset i'm having of testing out new abilities in different ways is because of hollow knight and the way that it portrayed its new its abilities where almost anything that you can do in hollow knight becomes a new way of traversing the map and finding new ways of getting somewhere that you didn't think you can get to before so like, I'm I'm kind of curious if it wasn't for that, would I really be playing this the same way that I am right now? But I don't know. It, it's a it's a really great, great game so far. I'm really enjoying my time with it. And it looks really awesome. I mean, visually, it's it's gorgeous. It's it's a cool little hand drawn game. Um, but there's another one that really caught my eye as a a new way of doing this because I don't feel like I mean, I'm also not really versed like super heavily in metrovanias. But this one seems really cool, because I don't feel like you see a lot of co op metrovanias. And I think that's a really interesting experience since these are mostly single player games, right. And being able to share that experience with somebody now might be really, really cool. But there's a game called the Infinix that is out now. And it's a has the, you know, you could play it single player if you want to. And that's totally fine. But they do have a co-op option, which I find really, really cool. Because it's not just two of the same characters. When you play co-op, both characters, first player and second player, have very, very different abilities. And you have to play very differently and actually think about one another. So, like, the first player is very short range. Uh, They just have the mace, so they can only hit things that are right in front of them. But they also have a shield that actually will uh, block projectiles. Whereas the other character, Player 2, who's your squire, has the throwing axes that I think are very, you know, very Castlevania. (laughs) Like super, super Castlevania. But they have uh, banners, which will do different effects for your party. Um, And then Player 1 has magic instead of the banners. But Player 2 cannot block projectiles. So player one can stand in front of player two and block like the spears that are being thrown or arrows and stuff like that, while player two is throwing axes from the back because they're long range people. So like you start creating uh, a really good synergy between these two players because each one has their specific strengths and you have to really communicate with each other to try and get through this, you know, crazy land. And you can tell this is very much inspired by Castlevania. Even the way the health looks and the magic, it's that very old school Castlevania, right? Where it's the rectangle blocks in a line. That, that It's its just when you look at it, you're like, yeah, it's Castlevania, 100%. <laughs> so, But it, it seems really cool because I, I don't feel like... I mean, it's one thing that there's not a whole lot of 3D Metrovanias. I really I don't know of that many co-op Metrovanias. And it actually seems like a really fun style of game. To play through with somebody else because they could help, you know, alleviate some of the frustrations in certain areas, or it's just fun to struggle with your friend, right? Like, I, the whole same concept of, uh, uh, oh god, Elden Ring co-op, right? Like, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to struggle with their friend? <laughs> like, like it's, <laughs> it, it just makes it a much more enjoyable experience when you both of you are like, this boss is so hard, and you're both getting just destroyed. Or you're able to walk through an area that you typically in Elden Ring is very difficult, but then you're tag teaming somebody and just destroying them and being like, yeah, we're gods, right? Like, it's a very cool idea. I I do like this a lot. Uh, And I'd be curious if there's um, more co-op ones and to try those out because I think that'd be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it's weird how it's not really a thing, but I guess I can kind of makes sense why it wouldn't because it's hard to think about oh well how would abilities share how would this work but it seems like this game really kind of has it planned out yeah. really well yeah and it's funny this is uh so the people who
0: made infernax actually made uh just beats and shapes which is a bullet hell rhythm game that looks a thousand times different <laughs> than this title mm-hmm. so it's so funny to see that to this and you're like oh that's an interesting departure from what they've made before but it's it's really cool and you can tell that they have put a lot of thought into how things synergize with one another how what does a co-op experience actually look like where it's not just both of you have the exact same abilities you're fighting for the same things No, like each of you brings different cards to the table and it it definitely makes it more interesting in my opinion. Alright well that's going to do it for us this week. I hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation here into Metrovanias. There's so many of them out there and if you haven't played one, try it out. I mean you can't really think about gaming without thinking of Metrovanias they're everywhere and they're actually very enjoyable for very different reasons and they have a little bit of something for everybody you know exploration combat action skills secrets all that good stuff there's a lot in these games a lot more than meets the eye honestly but anyway we'll talk to you guys next week with the next set of games that we find over the internet all that stuff next cool concepts as we dive further into the world of games uh through the eyes of art yeah yeah let's be pretentious for a moment but anyway (laughs) we'll catch you guys later uh bye for now